In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone all around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold... The star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, 
frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Well, tonight is Christmas Eve, as you know, and since Advent began back in late November, we have been on a journey as a church through the Christmas story, the places, the events. And if you missed any part of that journey, I encourage you to look it up on Facebook, or rather on YouTube. During our journey, we have visited the places where this wonderful story that I just read unfolded. We began in Nazareth in northern Israel with an extraordinary visit and message from the angel Gabriel to a young woman named Mary. And then we traveled south to the hill country of Judea where Mary visited her elderly relative Elizabeth who was miraculously expecting a child of her own and Elizabeth recognized that the miraculous child that Mary carried was the Son of God. Then we visited Bethlehem, six miles south of Jerusalem, for the birth of Jesus. Then we spent time in Jerusalem itself, the political and religious heart of Israel in the first century. And now tonight, as our journey nears its end, we wrap up tomorrow morning, but we, we come near the end of the journey. We are back in Bethlehem, that little town built on a small mountain just six miles south of Jerusalem. Tonight we reflect on the last four verses of the Christmas story that I just read, the end of a long journey for the wise men, the magi who came from a distant land. They left King Herod behind in Jerusalem. They traveled down and then back up to Bethlehem. And for them, this was the, the final stage of the one way of the trip, a trip that had taken them at least 40 days, possibly quite a bit longer, across the desert from what is today either Iraq, Iran, or Saudi Arabia, most likely. We must realize it has probably been months, perhaps even a year or more, since Jesus was born on Christmas and laid to sleep in that animal's feed trough when the wise men arrive. Matthew chapter 2, verse 11 reports, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. The word used to describe Jesus here is child, not baby. The verse refers to the house where Jesus is living rather than an inn, a stable, a cave, or a manger. Joseph isn't mentioned at all, most likely because he's probably found work. His carpentry and construction skills were portable. And it seems likely the family settled in Bethlehem for a while because why shouldn't they? Settling in Bethlehem made it considerably easier for the wise men to find Jesus. And tonight we reflect on their reaction to him. Because the way they respond to seeing Jesus is a wonderful example for each of us today, over 2,000 years later. I'll summarize my message by saying wise men are full of joy and worship. So be wise. Wise men are full of joy and worship. Be wise. 
I want us all to wisely be full of joy and worship tonight and tomorrow and in days to come. So let us consider these two ideas, joy and worship. First, fill your heart with the joy of Jesus. You see, the wise men we can see are overwhelmingly happy to find Jesus. Verses 9 and 10 tell us that after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Have you ever rejoiced exceedingly with great joy about anything? Right, that's a high bar. But they do. Right, it's a powerful statement. There's a lot of joy packed into that sentence. And of course, in one sense, it makes complete sense, right? Here they are at the, near the end of an, an exhausting, expensive, six to 12 week road trip one way to find the new king of Israel. A trip they'd made because of an astronomical sign God had given them that indicated the birth of a powerful king in Israel. They had trekked across the desert and went to visit Jerusalem on the assumption that that is where kings would be born. And then after Herod and his henchmen pointed them towards Bethlehem because that's where the scripture said the Christ would be born, and Herod never doubts that Jesus is the true Christ. The star leads them the rest of the way, possibly straight to the house of Jesus. Now, given all that, hopefully you can begin to imagine the joy they were filled with at that moment. There's the joy that at last we made it. Right? Are we there yet? Yes. Joy that their time hadn't been wasted Right? You know that there'd be somebody being like, I told you so, if they spent months traveling and didn't find anything worth finding. There's joy that their mission was going to succeed because the star was leading them straight to Jesus. The joy that they were about to meet a great king whom they had trekked at least 800 miles one way to meet. The Magi are overflowing with joy. And, and here's, I think, the great thing from our perspective. They only knew part of the story. Right? They knew Jesus was born a king. That he was anointed by God, if you will. So, so therefore, they, they, they would, if they could put the pieces together, know that he was Christ. And that alone was enough to fill their hearts with joy to overflowing. And yet there is so much more to Jesus. Remember the angel's message to the shepherds? Yes, Jesus is Christ, meaning king, but he's also savior. He's also Lord, meaning that he is God come to be with us. Think about that carefully. And rejoice exceedingly with great joy. Are you rejoicing exceedingly tonight? Now I know that rejoicing can often be difficult at this time of the year, particularly when it's brutally cold outside. 
You might not have been rejoicing with great joy in the parking lot. The reality, of course, is that while Christmas is a wonderful delight for many, others find it lonely and discouraging, a reminder of hard financial realities or broken dreams or empty seats around the dinner table. And yet, and yet a group of wise pagans were overjoyed despite only knowing part of the Christmas story. And that joy was enough to, to propel them hundreds and hundreds of miles. If they only knew that Jesus is Emmanuel, that he is God with us, come to be with us, right? Imagine how much more joy they would have felt if they knew that the child they worshipped was also the eternal Son of God who has always existed, who is integral to creation, who, who holds the universe together by his will, and that Jesus is God, come to dwell among us, to literally feel our pain and experience the, the challenges and indignities and the setbacks that, that we know all too well in life. You see, that's the miracle of Christmas. Right? What's formerly called the, the incarnation, when, when the Son of God, who is eternal spirit, took on flesh and became one of us. He became a human being. Jesus is God. Come to, to understand our hurts and our frustrations, not just in an intellectual sense, but, but in a deep sense because he's experienced them himself. What a, what a Savior. What a God. John chapter 1 tells us in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father full of grace and truth. He is truth, right? In a world of, of falsehood, a world grasping for truth, he is truth. He is grace. He came to usher in a new covenant of grace in which our relationship with God is no longer based on, on, on rule following or self-discipline or moral behavior, but based on God's love and his grace that's given freely to us through faith in Jesus. If they only knew that, how much more would their joy have been? We do know that. So how's our joy? If the wise men only knew that Jesus is Savior, who'd, who'd come to rescue us from the mess of sin and brokenness that we see all around us in this world, and if we're honest in our own lives... We'd have to be blind, of course, not to realize that our world is broken by war, disease, disaster, death, poverty, greed, injustice, selfishness, cruelty, immorality, guilt, and shame. And ultimately, all of that is rooted in sin. And again, if we're honest with ourselves, and hey, it's Christmas, it's a good time to be honest with ourselves. We're all rooted in sin as well. And Jesus came to rescue us from all of that. He came to make us new in him. 
He came to heal our separation from God and to reconcile us to himself and to each other. Imagine their joy. If the wise men knew what we know, that Jesus was God's perfect expression of love for them and for you and for me. As John 3.16 so famously proclaims, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Yet whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The eternal Son of God was born into our world on Christmas, taking on a human body and a, and a human nature, becoming one of us, so that he could live a life free of the sin that naturally dominates our lives. Jesus resisted every temptation thrown at him, including those that you and I succumb to, though we try not to. Jesus lived a perfect life. He ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit. He revealed that he truly was God by his words and by his actions. And he gave himself over to die on a cross as a sacrifice for our sins. He was buried. He rose from the dead on the third day. And by his victory over sin and death, he sets everyone free who believes in him. If you trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then your sins are forgiven. Your relationship with God is restored. You are adopted as beloved children of the Creator. And your eternal future will be spent in His glorious presence. The wise men were so full of joy about Jesus, and yet they didn't even know all of these things. But you do. Believe these things about Jesus and let your heart be filled with joy that is just infinitely beyond those of the wise men. Regardless of your personal situation or circumstance this Christmas, fill your heart with the joy of knowing that God loves you and he proved it by sending his son for you. Rejoice exceedingly with great joy that God understands you and your struggles because he became one of us. Overflow with joy because Jesus cares. He listens. He's with you. He remains Savior, Christ, and Lord. And there is one overarching response that is appropriate in light of that knowledge. And that is to worship Jesus just like those wise men. Fill your life with the worship of Jesus. Once again, verse 11 tells us that when they finally saw Jesus, they fell down and worshipped him. They opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Think about it. These wise men were important, rich, and influential back home. They were connected. But they fell down in humble submission to a little kid in a little house in a little town called Bethlehem. Though they didn't fully understand who Jesus was, they understood enough to drop everything and travel for months and get on their knees before Jesus. Would we? Do we? They gave precious gifts to Jesus. 
gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which were the very best items they could offer from their home region to a newborn king. Now, there is deeper significance to those gifts that they almost certainly could never have understood. Gold is the rightful gift for a king, which Jesus was, and he is today as he reigns over creation. Frankincense was used by the priests of God, and Jesus grew up to be our great high priest in heaven, where he is even today, making intercession for us. Myrrh was used to prepare and embalm the dead, and Jesus was born to die on that cross for your sins and mine. The wise men couldn't have known all that, but the Holy Spirit often moves people to do things that are deeply appropriate that they, that they don't understand. And then they began their long journey home. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. They traveled hundreds of miles for many months for just a brief time of worship. And yet it was clearly worth it to them. And they were overjoyed because they did. And in this, they teach us all how to respond to the reality of who Jesus is. We who have the benefit of the Bible, who know the old familiar Christmas story and have heard the good news of Christ's sacrificial death and resurrection, we should at least be like the wise men, if not more so. Dropping everything to worship Jesus, no matter how much time or treasure is required. If Jesus is your King, Savior, and Lord, be like those magi every day. Fill your life with the worship of Jesus. Now, I know Northern Virginia lives are very busy. I was born here. I have lived here my whole life. We are always hustling and bustling. We exhaust ourselves doing good and interesting things. But there is nothing more important or ultimately satisfying than a life of worship. Public and private, at church, at home, in the car. Because Jesus is worthy of worship. We were made to worship him and we find our deepest satisfaction in worshiping him. Though the busyness of our lives can distract us from that truth, and we can say, well, I'll get to it next week. I'll get to it next week. I'll get to it next week. I'm very busy. And yet then we wonder why we're not very satisfied with the things we're very busy with. It's because we're chasing after the wrong things. Don't let the busyness of life distract you from the thing you were made to do. Fill your heart with the joy of Jesus and fill your life with the worship of him. Whether it's a church day or any other day, whether you're with others or you're all by yourself. Give Jesus the only gift that's truly appropriate for who he is and what he's done for you on the cross, and that is your entire life. Christmas is a perfect time to reflect on the truth of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. What are the mercies of God? The very things we celebrate at Christmas. The coming of his son. His work on the cross. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Because of God's great mercy, 
toward us in sending Jesus and saving us through him. We should devote our full selves to him, every bit of ourselves. So as you go home to celebrate Christmas, and as you dream about an exciting new year to come, I urge you to give every part of your life over to worship Jesus. Be that living sacrifice devoted to the joy and praise of Jesus the Christ, your Savior. The baby born in Bethlehem who now sits on the throne of heaven. Fill your life with worship, mind and body, heart and soul, time and treasure, energy and enthusiasm. Devote your life to serving his kingdom here on earth of peace and righteousness and justice. Leave nothing behind and follow Jesus. Merry Christmas.